Hello and welcome to Dream Nation. I'm your host, Julia. And before we get into the show, uh, go check out dreamnation.io, which is the website for the podcast. And I bet you didn't know this, but we're also a creative agency and uh, we focus on women, social impact and diversity. So we amplify those stories in the world. And um, I have over 12 years of NYC advertising experience as a creative director in New York agencies. And um, I have a few friends doing this with me. And um, we do a lot of really interesting work, so check us out. And um, today on the show, I have the amazing Rebecca Cruz. She is so inspiring, and she also just released some music under the name Regina Madre, which means Queen Mother, which is super appropriate for her because she is regal and super talented. And we talk about her music career, which she started at the age of six. We talk about dreams. We talk about faith. It's a really, really, really awesome show. And uh, Rebecca is such a sweetheart because the first time we recorded the podcast, my computer crashed as we were answering the final question and um, both Skype and call recorder crashed and nothing was saved and um, I was feeling so bad about the whole thing and I was trying to figure out what happened my computer was full because I was doing projects for a lifetime and uh, I think my computer was just like too full of stuff and um, it was just you know just technology overall just was not cooperating and uh, Rebecca was kind enough to re-record the podcast, so I'm here to bring it to you. And uh, I loved speaking with her. She's so smart. She's so kind. Uh, the second podcast was a little different from the first, and that's what I love about podcasts because you can ask the same questions, but you won't always get the same response, which makes it so special. And, um, you know, some podcasts are a lot easier than others, and I will definitely say that speaking with Rebecca Cruz was a joy. It was a complete pleasure, and I hope I get to speak with her sometime again in the future. So uh, sit back and enjoy the show just as much as I did. Have a great day. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. Is this a good time? It is. Just a quick second, Yulia. Let me get my earphones working. Go for it. I'm going to press the double record button. And okay. <laughs> Sometimes technology has its own days. And uh, thank you so much for hopping on this call again. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you okay. How was your day? Good. I'm actually doing, uh, I had another interview right before you, and I'm kind of mixing domestic and Hollywood today, organizing my master bedroom, uh, still interviewing for a new housekeeper, and um, have to go pick up my Oscar dress today. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's so exciting. The dress is at the tailor right now being altered because the hem was really long. Um, and so I'm on the way there. When we're done, I'm going to be in the car trucking over to the tailor to um, try the dress for a final fitting. It's a real exciting time. This is one of my first times, um, you know, getting a dress uh, loaned to me or, uh, you know, borrowed out for me. Normally, I buy my own clothes. So I have this really amazing collection of dresses that uh, I have to wait to wear again. <laughs> you know, I said, this is getting expensive. I'm going to have to start, you know, partnering with these design houses. So I found a really great place here in Beverly Hills. And this young man just found me a really beautiful gown uh, that I'll be wearing. And it's white with gold. And um, it's going to be angelic with my pink hair. 
Well, it's going to fit um, your name perfectly, you know, Queen uh, Mother. Yes, I will definitely look like Mother Superior coming down that aisle. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. You know, this is a perfect segue into my first question, which is what was your dream as a kid? Mm. First and foremost, to be a wife and a mom. I um, always wanted to have a big family. Um, I had a dream when I was a little kid, and I think I might have took this from uh, the book Little Women. Um, I remember telling myself, I even think I remember hearing somebody say that they would love to have a house full of girls. And I kind of seconded that emotion like, oh, my, that would be great. And so I remember always visualizing me with my girls and we're all painting each other's toes and like doing our hair and playing with our lipstick. And I literally manifested exactly what I told myself at about 11 years old. I have four daughters. And then finally I said, okay, I need a boy, God, send me a boy. And I got a little boy on my fifth try and he is 13. So they are really a fulfillment of one of my biggest dreams, which was to be a mother. Um, And then I wanted to be uh, like an actress, singer, dancer. Like I grew up watching a lot of Broadway and a lot of musicals. My mother was a singer. My dad was a musician and a singer. He was a multi-instrumentalist. Um, and I started playing musical instruments about third grade and writing and performing my own music by the time I was about 11 years old. And I had my first choir when I was 13. So it's always a desire to sing, write, act something in the entertainment lane. Um, and spent a good portion of my life, a performer in just so many, uh, various ways, whether it was mime or dramatic acting or musical theater, and even performing as part of a dance troupe, um, which I was a choreographer. So um, my eventual purpose, I think, was fulfilled when I joined a gifted and talented musical theater program in my hometown of Gary, Indiana. And that was my dream to go to Broadway. And so I got on a bus, went to school in Michigan to study theater. and never made it to Broadway, but I made it to L.A. <laughs> I love it. And uh, I remember in our first interview, I asked you if you remember the first song that you wrote. And you mentioned you were six. I was. And that was before I could play the piano. But I, I was sitting in a friend's yard and we were playing around in a boat that was being harbored for the winter. And we were making it rock back and forth up on its little toe. And the the parents came out like, don't play in the boat. It's not safe. And I was just so ecstatic to be in this boat that I wrote a song called Sailing Away in My Boat when I was six. (laughs) And I remember, I I mean, I recall having like like a, a vision, like a visual picture of myself playing my song and hearing it being played on like a little transistor FM radio. And I could see the future. I was like, I'm going to put my songs out and everybody's going to listen to them. And literally this year, 2018, I had my first song go to radio. So a dream fulfilled. It took me a while, but it had came to pass. You know, we manifest our own lives in so many ways. You know, I'm interested in the way you manifest your music. Um, What is your process? Well, I'm definitely um, a, a visionary, if you will, um, a visual person. 
when it comes to a song or like a visual perception of that, uh, I tend to get visual reminders of things like um, I could be walking through school and I remember being a little girl at my school and that'll trigger a memory that brings about some type of song, right? Well, one day about 13 years ago, I was sitting in a room in my house and I think I was nursing one of my children. I think it was my son. And I was playing the radio and listening to old music, like kind of throwback R&B. And I flashed back to the summer that I was pregnant with my first child, who at that time was probably 18. Um, and I flashed back because the position of the window, the summer breeze, the fan in the window, um, plus all the music, and I'm laying there nursing the baby, it took me back to the summer of 87 or 86 when I found out I was pregnant with my first child. And I remember how, you know, hard it was, how devastating it was to find that I was, you know, not planning to be a mom, but I was going to be one. Um, and how hopeless and disappointed in myself I felt and how um, hurt my family was. And I was just kind of catering to that part of myself and started to get sad. And I just wanted to forget it. So I tried to kind of get up and shake off the memory. And it was almost like something said to me, write it, Rebecca, write it. And that was the song that became Destiny. And I share in the song the journey of having the premonition um, before um, that happened to me, that I dreamed. Um, there was a movie that I watched many years ago called Agnes of God. And there's a scene in the movie where Agnes is falling from a rope that she's hanging from in a barn. And when she lands in the leaves in the barn, her belly is big, but she's bleeding. And months before I got pregnant with my daughter, I had a dream that like I was Agnes hanging by the rope, falling down from the rope from a very high distance and landing on the ground and looking at my stomach. But I was pregnant and I was not bleeding. And I woke up like in a sweat <laughs> and I said, uh, is that a premonition? Is, like, what was that? You know, and it was like maybe April. Um, and I want to say it was maybe late June that I walked into an abortion clinic and found out that I was pregnant. And my life forever changed from that point. And looking back on it brought back all the emotion and all the fear, the trepidation, the shame, the sense of despair. But God said to me, look at you now. You're a mom, you have a family, you have a career, everything you wanted, but in another way than you thought. And I wrote the song and called it Destiny. Because the point of the song is that your destiny does not always follow the dream, the path that you were going to go in the original vision. Because what can happen is life has ups and downs. We make bad choices. We make good choices. Uh, people don't always follow through with things they say they're going to do for you. 
And in this tapestry we call personal will and personal choice, um, the outcome can just look different, but still essentially be what you wanted all along. Yeah, you never know what happiness looks like. Yeah, because I will tell you that when I had my first kids, I was a very driven career person, and I had no idea the love I would have for this baby and how it transformed everything in my heart. And I think I just, I just said within myself, there's nothing more important than this right here. And um, that became a catalyst for the remainder of my journey for the next 23 years until I went back into television and to acting and music at about 43 years old. So I joke that God flip-flopped my vision. <laughs> so I get, I get to be a star in my old age. So I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> he well, like, the best for last. Well, you know, like I say, age is nothing but a number. You know, we're living so much longer now. My friend's grandma just turned 99 yesterday, and she's fully mobile, and she's running around. So we have to really plan on how we get old and how we yes. keep healthy as we get old so we can continue doing everything that we love and being active. Yes. Well, and I tell you this story because I was one of those people who thought maybe I had derailed my plan. And that, well, you know, what if I don't get to be what I really wanted in life? Could I accept that? And I think I made a certain amount of peace with it because I didn't want to sacrifice um, a life that was here who you know, a life that was here for no reason. Like, she didn't ask to come here. I brought her here. And I didn't want to say, you know, the most important thing is not you. The most important thing is this this career I want to have. I couldn't help but fear that I would regret that decision. And I look at my kids today, and they're the greatest joy in my life. And I'll tell you, I love what I do. I love music. I love singing. I love performing. I love doing the things I get to do as an entertainment professional, but there's nothing like the love and the fellowship and the freedom and the peace and the joy that I have with my kids and my husband. Nothing at all. It's an amazing feeling. I think that's the epitome of success, happiness. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and I think you find yourself, um, I don't know, you, you wonder about life and what it means when you go through things and that's often where we where we we cater to you know what is the meaning of life we search and we we scroll and we ask and we we seek knowledge and wisdom and all the great thinkers of our time and times before us have come to the end of the matter and that it is about love and it's about connection to each other and to our to our god and i think that's what i mean when i say destiny can somehow be so hard to find because we chase things that we believe will give us significance but in the end it's just like another trophy and that what we really need from each other is that connection where we just care we just um hold on to what's really powerful and what's really um mattering to us um it's not the stuff we thought would matter to us and you find that out, especially the higher you go, because, you know, we have plenty of room at the top and there's more people rising to the top and we all want to go to the top. But there are plenty of people who got there and discovered it wasn't what they thought it was. 
people think that there's something at the top, but there's nothing but the top. And it just matters right. if you have like a good family and you have like yeah. good people around you. Right. So you can continue to succeed. So you don't have like negative forces who are just dragging you down. Mm. You know, that happens to so many people when they succeed to your company. Yeah. Uh, even I thought about what Drake said at the Grammys, which was profound. You know, here's one of the most accomplished artists of our day. And he won a Grammy for his performance and forgive me which category I don't recall, but he got up and said, all of you out there, he said, you don't need this. He said, when you are playing your music and you've got 100,000 fans in your hometown who love what you do, you're already a success. I went, wow. I mean, you know, he really called it. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, he set the bar high for himself, but he also acknowledged that just this trophy and this acknowledgement, though it is a good thing and nothing wrong with it, that what ultimately fulfills us is, is the connection we have um, in this planet to, with each other, with our friends, with our family, our loved ones. And that true personal happiness, it's a very narrow thing. And it's found in things that are much more uh, trivial than winning a Grammy. <laughs> and, um, and it's no shade to those who are accomplished. But even those people will say, while I appreciate the accolades, I'm aware that this is not what it's all about. It's so true. And what I really admire about you is that you, you really make it a point to help other women too. You created your own conference called Faith to Dream. And that's where I was like, you know, I have to speak to Rebecca because you do so much work for women. You speak at women's conferences. And um, I was going to ask you, what is your advice for people, you know, not just women, who might be losing faith in their dream. Mm. This is a nice, like, wraparound to your last sentiment, too, because a lot of people are like, I don't have enough likes on Facebook. I don't have mm -hmm. enough likes on Instagram. But it doesn't matter. Like, I would rather have 100,000 devoted fans that are crazy about my work than mm. a million fans that, like, only, like, five people out of that care. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, to answer the first question, what do I say <laughs> to someone who is losing faith? Um, I can tell you that that's, that's all part of the journey because there are days we all lose faith. Um, if you take a hit or you don't get the response you want from something or, or you know, there's a criticism or you go for something and you, you don't get it, you know, um, it can be hard because it feels like a rejection of you as a person. And you take a few of those and you start to wonder if you're meant to do what you're trying to do. Um, thing I would encourage people to do is go back to their true heart's desire. You know, what is it that no matter what's going on around you still gives you joy? You know, what is it that seems to hold on to you rather than you holding on to it? And you don't let go. You just don't let go. 
my husband is a testament to the power of perseverance. Uh, I watched as he took parts that were menial and he turned them into bigger parts. I watched as he got rejected for major, major, major roles he went in for. Uh, and then later on got something he was perfect for. And it was like, hey, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Um, he had to learn humility, you know, sometimes to take small parts when that's just all there was. But in time, uh, he became a, a force to be reckoned with. And there's something to be said for just sticking with it. I mean, no more than, um, you know, like digging a hole. If you just keep picking at the hole, you're going to make a big hole, you know. I remember I was having this experience one day because I was discouraged about not getting radio play on, on the song I was trying to get radio on. And none of the promoters were really crazy about the song. And I was just devastated. I was like, oh, what do I have to do, you know? And I had this vision, and I almost felt like God said to me, see, you know, Becky, look out your window. And I can see downtown LA, and I can see Glendale, and I can see all these parts of, of Hollywood from my house because I'm on a hill. He said, now, as far away as that is, if you just keep walking, you just keep moving, even if you're on foot or on a bike, you know that you're going to get there. You don't know how long it'll take you. But if you just keep moving, you'll get there. He said, that's how dreams are fulfilled, Rebecca, just keep moving. And that's what I would say to anybody who's discouraged or anybody that's down or has taken a lump on the head, you know, keep moving. I mean, that really, really is the answer. And, you know, a lot can be said for how we keep ourselves motivated, um, but action is the only thing that makes your dreams come true. Dreaming is highly overrated. <laughs> you have to wake up and do something. And we've all been guilty of dreaming away our lives and not acting on those purposes because of fear, procrastination, worry, um, you know, the thought that maybe there's a perfect time. And there is no time. There's just now. And uh, as we make those moves, we see ourselves get closer and closer. And I know that's happened for me. Uh, I've been tooling away at music my whole life, but I really began pursuing it about five years ago with dropping my first couple singles. And now I'm getting ready to do a whole album, which, by the way, that's a new announcement. Um, I am working on my first official EP for Rebecca Cruz, Regina Madre, and I am totally excited. And this is a dream for me. This is a fulfillment of a long-held dream. I didn't have the budget. I didn't have the time. And those doors have just begun to open, and I'm finally going to release something that's going to be a real fulfillment of all my dreams in terms of the level of work and the quality and just making a real bold move toward sticking my foot in this door and not going back. Well, I am definitely going to be the first person that is going to listen to it when you post it on Spotify and promote it. Yeah. So, so I can't wait because I love your songs. And oh, yeah, I want you. more. I want to put on all those songs and have a romantic night with my man. <laughs> yeah. And I like the remixes. They're really great for clubs, for dancing. There's yeah. a lot of variety in your voice and you have a phenomenal voice. Thank so that's you. amazing to hear. And um, my last question to you is, what is your dream as an adult? Mm, 
Now, my dream as an adult, I want a Grammy, um, maybe an Oscar <laughs> as, a, as a musician. Um, you know, I want to conquer the world. I feel like there's nothing stopping me. You know, I'm an actor and I definitely want to pursue film um, as well as television hosting. So there's a trajectory there that I really want to live in terms of being a multi-hyphenate entertainer, um, as well as producing content for my kids and for myself. So, you know, we're really trying to be the cruise family enterprise. You know, it's like Warner Brothers and the cruises, you know, <laughs> and um, I have a desire to do uh, manufacturing of products, you know, between fashion, a fashion label and, and a beauty and skincare house. Um, so there's a lot of things we want to accomplish um, as as a group, as an entity, to just make a way for the whole family to have success in this business. Because it really is a personal dream. I mean, there's only one child of mine who claims she has no interest in entertainment. And <laughs> the, she claims, but she has some talent. So we're always trying to talk her into it. But each member has a dream to be a performer or a writer or a director or a singer or a songwriter. And we're not um, into total nepotism, <laughs> but we are encouraging them and allowing them to explore and, and to take voice lessons and to play musical instruments and to try out for their school plays and to audition, you know. So a lot of parents um, who are in the business don't want their kids to do it. But we feel just the opposite. We feel very uh, thrilled that our kids love what we do and want to follow in the path, and we're supporting them. You know, I think that in order to be in show business as a child, you need parents who really know show business. Absolutely. Because they're, you know, especially at a young age, the way you navigate and um, just all the all the dangers in Hollywood, frankly, you know? Yes, and, and you, there are many, yes. There, there are, are many. many. And when you have a family that's been through it, it's almost like the safest place to go through it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I even love what Will Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith have done for their kids in terms of giving them opportunity and, and allowing them to, you know, even work with their dad and work with their mom and they're helping to support their dreams. And it gives them a leg up in the business. Um, you know, I always say family businesses are the best. You know, they're the ones that that survive the test of time. And then it allows you to have um, a companionship with your children that you might not otherwise have, you know. And I've always admired people who worked with their families, you know, whether you're artists and performers or you're bankers or you're jewelers or whatever you do. Um, I've wanted to be a mogul my whole life. <laughs> so right now I am the CEO of the Family Cruise, but um, also the CEO of Honey Bear Publishing and the CEO of Cruise Arts Limited. And we are channeling our energies into creating a legacy um, that lasts beyond us and uh, hopefully sustains and helps the world. And between that and making the billions and uh, supporting charities that we love, we just want to leave a lasting mark. 
And you are, you're already doing it. It's just going to get bigger. Well, amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Thank you so much for being so amazing and taking the time to talk to me. And have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Yulia. You're just a gem. Oh, you are. It takes one to know one. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast. It's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more. And together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation Love, share it with your friends, have a great day, and go out and make the world a better place.